Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let's roll level two. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morency. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between uh, throwing it down as the National Basketball Association playoffs continue. The Miami Heat are up two games to none on the Pacers after a 109-100 victory. The Rockets can continue to present matchup problems for their opponents. And uh, Chris Paul and the Oklahoma City Thunder down two games to none. And you have to wonder if they're going to be able to come back. And, in fact, you don't wonder because they're not going to be able to come back in this series. Milwaukee uh, Milwaukee barely covers the basketball game. Sweat job for Buckbackers um, late in this basketball game. But they end up winning 111-96. 111 was the key number of the night tonight. Three of the four games in the bubble, the winning team scored 111 points. And uh, you know what? All these games went under the number. So under betters go 4-0 today. Um, We talked about the first quarter trends. We're going to bang that with Steve Merrill. We'll step up and in wager talk in the house with us in a couple of minutes. We'll run the gauntlet with Steve Merrill. We'll talk a little NASCAR with Steve as well. Um, Steve's one of the best NASCAR cappers out there when it comes to talking NASCAR. We got a double header, actually. We got two NASCAR races. Not one, but two um, this weekend. The Monster Mile, we're kicking it at Dover. Steve Merrill's going to hop up. And then, uh, meanwhile, craziness in the National Hockey League. The Dallas Stars have scored now seven unanswered goals. It's up to 7-3 right now. And, you know, the definition meltdown, while, you know, you could, like, you you figure, like, meltdown, you think of, like, a nuclear power plant meltdown. You know, you sort of think of, like, I don't know, like, um you know, a fire, <laughs> the remains of like a burnt charred remains of something. I guess it's actually fitting that it's the Calgary Flames here. Because if you look up the definition meltdown in a dictionary, there should be a Calgary Flame logo um, next to it right now. Because, yeah, this is a meltdown for the ages uh, that they'll remember for a long time. <laughs> so Dallas Stars uh Dallas Stars advance into the second round of the National Hockey League uh, playoffs as it's uh, playoff time. And, oh, yeah, by the way, we're three weeks away for the start of the National Football League regular season. Steve Merrill will step up and in. We'll bang some basketball, NASCAR, some football, and more. Bring it.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Marenzi. Rage all you want. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Oh, I thought the generals were due. He's spinning the ball on his finger. Just take it. Take the ball. That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes. Four trades late night. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much how Portland Trailblazers uh, backers felt this evening, didn't they? Uh, after uh, tonight's uh, beatdown. Score the ball! Score the, the ball! The thing that frustrates me uh, the most <laughs> about this is it was such a blowout that LeBron James, I had LeBron James's props over. LeBron James over nine and a half assists uh, or nine and a half rebounds and the rebounds and assist props and all that type of stuff. And you know, we don't get it. That was sort of my little insurance, thinking, well, I know LeBron's going to go off tonight. He's going to have to go off tonight. But no, LeBron doesn't go off tonight. That's why stats are overrated, guys, in basketball. Like, they really are. Like, people always think, like, the amount of points you score somehow makes you a better or worse player. And look at LeBron in game one, man. LeBron was a human stat machine in game one, and they lost. Um, Tonight, LeBron scores 10 points, and they win by 23, right? Yeah, you know, there's the numbers inside the numbers. And let's bring in a numbers man uh, right now. But before we do, a lot of things I want to get to with Mr. Steve Merrill stepping up and in for Teddy Covers uh, this evening. And we appreciate uh, that, uh, Steve. Steve's kicking it at late night hours. Insomniac. Uh, what's going on, Steve? I'm on the Hawaiian time still, unfortunately. Yeah, it's always happy hour somewhere, right? Like if you're having a drink, that's the excuse alcoholics use, right? happy hour somewhere there's always something to bet on yeah exactly it's like there's always a game it's always always happy hour always happy hour somewhere so all right thanks thanks for uh for joining us so steve's a a washington football uh team fan what what do they call that a washington football club um so you know we've me and steve have talked about this a lot in the past actually so they changed their name in the canadian football league the edmonton eskimos changed their name suddenly uh, as well, they haven't announced what their new name is officially yet, but they changed their name. It's going to be something with an E, so they're not changing their look or anything like that because uh, they have an EE 
on their helmet. Uh, but, uh, Steve, this is going to continue. And it's funny because I remember after the Redskins, people said, well, what about the Chiefs? And what about the Braves? Are we gonna, you know, and the Indians, you know it's happening. The Indians will be no more. Like, that's, you know, that that's around the corner. But I saw today, Steve, that the Kansas City Chiefs actually told fans that there's no headgear allowed. Um, they are no, no, basically no, no chief costumes, headgear or face paint, uh, allowed in the stadium anymore. And I'm thinking, well, if you're starting off with this, then this is pretty much the beginning of the end of the name. <laughs> like, and Steve, let's be real. Like if you, if you, if you name your team something, yet you are too embarrassed, ashamed, or worried about having people show up dressed as whatever your team is named of, then you probably have a problem. And I'm not trying to start a campaign to change the Kansas City Chiefs name, but I'm just telling you that the Kansas City Chief name, this is the beginning of the end of the Kansas City Chief name. Yeah, you're trying to get me worked up tonight, I can tell. You want to try to make sure I stay awake for this yeah, late night I'm sorry, night it's late night. I know, I'm putting it on you. I'm I mean, sorry. I'm sorry, but... Listen, I'm telling no, you, I, I, I need to get worked They up. said, yeah, we're thing. not letting people face... Like I said, no, like, feathers, you know what I mean? Like, the headgear, face paint or anything. Not allowed. You're not allowed in the stadium. Because they're all mocking their team that they're cheering for by doing so. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, first of all, they name them chiefs. Chief is like the strongest part of an Indian tribe. I would assume I'm not an expert. So it's not like it, the Redskins was a different story. We all agree. Redskins was not a nice affectionate term. It was a mistake 80 yes, years ago. There was no ill intent the last 60 years with the name. None of us had any ill intent. We never thought twice about it, but that was a slur, but like Braves or chiefs you know, or warriors, anything like that is a sign of strength. And when they're dressing up with paint or feathers, they're just showing some of the chiefs, you know, and that's what, you know, I don't know. It's it just, you could, like you said, you can get sensitive about anything. And that, if that's really something they're telling them, that's just absurd. And if they change the name, it's even more absurd because chiefs once again is a powerful name. I mean, what, there's nothing derogatory about chiefs. No, I, I, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. You know, listen, the term, um, Indians a little bit different, you know, but yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know though, Steve. I mean, times change, right? Listen, I was at, uh, I was in San Francisco last week and I did a tour of Alcatraz. I couldn't go on the Island. It was closed, uh, due to coronavirus. It's run by the state of California. So it was closed, but we were able to go around it. And I don't know if people realize this, but basically after they closed the prison, for, it was actually a 19-month uh, occupation, 19 months. But natives overtook Alcatraz. They took over the island and the prison and everything. Like, they lived there for 19 months. And there's, they, there's all kinds of graffiti and everything. And it says they spray-painted this themselves. It said, this is Indian land, <laughs> right? It didn't say this is native land. It said this is Indian land. So it's just funny. I, I sort of saw the irony of this, like, because they're like, yeah, they're going to change the Cleveland Indian name. The Indians are offensive. I'm like, man, I just watched a documentary about natives and they spray painted Indians. They use the word. They, they're the ones that spray painted this, right? So, you know, as you state, I don't know where it ends, but where I'm just bringing this up is also, so the Toronto Blue Jays, Steve, 
So the Blue Jays, of course, they can't play in Toronto due to the coronavirus and the travel and, and blah, blah, blah. We all know whatever. So they're playing in Buffalo. So the Blue Jay players today, Steve, showed up in T-shirts, and it was the Blue Jay logo. It's like a bird, you know, BJ Birdie. <laughs> so you say he's like a, he's like a, you know, he's like a, he's a, he's a bird. He's a walking bird guy. I'm looking mascot guy, whatever. And they basically made shirts, and it said homeless Jays. And it was the Blue Jay mascot, and he sort of had like the bag over his shoulder, and he was all scruffed up. <laughs> and he's all scruffed up. He had holes in his clothes and stuff. And it said homeless Jays. But it didn't go over well, Merrill. People flipped out right away about it. <laughs> they were like, Yeah, you know, homeless. maybe it's because you're, you're, you're we're talking millionaires. About this. You're millionaires. Just because you're, you know, you're living in hotels in Buffalo doesn't mean you're homeless, right? So, yeah, yeah, they. The Blue Jay players were told, yeah, 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 you can't wear those T-shirts. And I'm just thinking, like, well, I get it. Like, you, you, you know, they're not mocking homeless people, but it's just basically, Steve, like, that's, that's today. That's all it is in today's society. Everyone's just upset all day about something every day. I'm sure someone's upset about something I said tonight already. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's because we're talking about this topic, but my sensors would have gone off if somebody had pitched that idea to me. I probably would have said it wasn't a good idea, but maybe it's because we're talking about political correctness now. But as you were telling me that, I was like, yeah, that doesn't sound like a good idea. I could see that rubbing some people the wrong way. Um, the Chiefs <laughs> thing, though, definitely should not rub anybody the wrong way. I just don't. Yeah, the whole yeah, no, stuff, like right. you said, There's these are million-dollar athletes on top of it. So, it, yeah, that, it makes yeah. it a little tough to swallow. There's a, there's a difference too between like no something something could be a dumb idea without being offensive too right <laughs> so as well it's right, but once again there's no t-shirt. ill intent you know I keep going back to the ill intent there's no ill intent with those shirts there's no intent with Chiefs you know that's where people just take a chill yeah yeah um, as I say it's a it's a great looking t-shirt and as I stated look I I would love to get the t-shirt <laughs> the uh, the Cleveland uh, Caucasians t-shirt. There's like instead of the Cleveland Indians, like they replaced the Indian logo with a white Bomani. guy and like a yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, Bomani wore it on ESPN. And this I know Bomani, nice guy. And uh Bomani has never been told by ESPN. Like they don't censor him, like he really like he can like be opinionated. Yeah, they threatened to fire him, Steve. Like after that. They told him, if you ever wear that again, you're done. Like you can't wear that t shirt on TV. Like you can't just can't. And he was, he proved his point. He goes, well, how come like then, you know, he goes, we broadcast the Cleveland Indians and we show their logo. It was, it was a good point. All right, we'll get into uh, tomorrow's basketball games. We'll see what Steve thinks about the, uh, the first quarter zigzag bounce back theory. Sports Rights Late Night continues. Vent your rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. 
I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Portrait late night. I'm I think in the future, there'll just be a push, Steve. No team names, just the cities. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everything's offensive. <laughs> like, not out, like, just, just the city. Just call them, like, you know, just Washington, Buffalo, Cincinnati, because everything, everything is deemed, um, everything is deemed offensive at one point uh, or another. There's actually a push right now. MLS players. Um, we see with the national anthem, and it'll be interesting to see what happens in, 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 with the NFL this year. I do, you know what, you know what they're going to do. I think the networks, they're just not going to show it. They're not going to promote all this, all this sort of um, protest and kneeling and all that stuff. So, like the NFL, it will be tricky. They'll be like, "Oh yeah, go ahead and kneel, guys. We don't mind. We support you." And then they're going to tell the networks, "Don't show it on TV." Right? That's what they're going to do. But basically, we see. MLS players brought this up, but I don't know what your take is, Steve, and you always tell, you know, you give your, your straight opinion. So MLS players basically said, just stop playing the national anthem like um, <laughs> at the games because they took a knee, they got booed, and basically they said MLS players are saying, number one, no soccer league in the world and it is true, like even in England and stuff and in Brazil and Germany and stuff, they don't play the national anthem before the game. They play the team song or the league song, right? Like the, the league will have sort of a theme song or the team will have like a fight song or whatever, but they don't They don't play national anthems, even in, in these those other places. And, and he said basically, he goes, this is soccer, man. He said, there's guys from all over the world on these teams. Um yeah. He goes, you know, he goes, if what he goes, why don't we we're gonna play anthems all night? And he goes, No other soccer league plays anthems. And he goes, It's not anti-anthem, but he had a point. He goes, No other soccer league in the world plays anthems. He goes, they only play anthems at international sporting events. And he goes, We should do this. Just drop it. Um, what do you make of this, uh, Steve? Should they play the national anthem before every game? Well, first of all, can you imagine if we'd had the Olympics this year like we were supposed to? I guess we have another year for everyone to plan this out, but were people going to start taking knees on the podium? I mean, that would have looked pretty crazy. Um, I just thought of that as as we're talking about it right now. But soccer is interesting. When you brought up the team nicknames, the first thing I thought about was, aren't all those like European teams like um, Arsenal and Manchester United, I guess? But like Arsenal doesn't have a nickname, right? I mean, all those Man- Manchester City they don't have nicknames, I don't think, do they? Aren't they just cities? They, yeah, they do um, and they don't. They do, but they're not official. So, like, the Gunners, like, they'll sort of have nicknames created. But on their their jersey and the official standings, there's no name. You're right. It just says, you know, you know, Arsenal, Liver, you know. There's there's a few, 
There's you know the, the Tottenham Hotspurs. So there's sort of there's sort of a mixture. Yeah. Uh, there's sort of a mixture of it a little bit. Um, but you know, listen, I you know, I remember because um, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban said he supports the players or whatever, and you know politicians like to score points with this stuff. So Ted Cruz was flipping out about you know, oh, you're un-American not to play the uh, the anthem before the game because I think Mark Cuban brought it up basically. He said, you know, what are we even playing the anthem for before the game? And Ted Cruz and Mark Cuban had a point. He said, why don't you guys play the anthem every morning in Congress? You don't. <laughs> they don't. Yeah, I mean. My, my take on they the anthem is it's more tradition. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, I mean, soccer is a good point, by the way. They, I, as you were saying, I was thinking there are a lot of international players. I remember going to the hockey games back in the day, and whenever the Capitals would play a Canadian team, you'd have to listen to both anthems, which I always saw as a child, and I'm like <laughs> 9 or 10 years old at the time. I always thought that was kind of silly Canada. as a 10-year-old. That was your exposure Yeah, and I like Canada, it, by the way. I like both of the anthems. But, but, you know, that's a good, like, eight, nine minutes right there for standing. So I always thought that was kind of strange. Um, you know, in baseball, I'd go to some Oriole Blue Jay games. I think it happened as well. But what, you were my a kid, problem with like, the whole oh, thing great. is, though, that the reason. You're like, oh, great, it's a Canadian team. I'm going to stand up for longer here without my hat on here. Like, <laughs> Right. I'd only go to games against American opponents to shorten my ex- my experience with the anthems. But, um, yeah, you know, my, my problem with removing the anthem, though, is the reason they're doing it. I'd have no problem on the surface if they didn't play it because I don't think you really needed it games. But the, the reason they wouldn't be playing it anymore is because yeah, guys yeah, want to take you. a knee. They want to disrespect it. And, and that bothers me. And I, I am a big thing. I, I really dislike the kneeling thing. And I know guys aren't doing it with ill intention towards the anthem or the flag. But my take is the national anthem, I think military, I think of people who have died to give them the freedom to play sports. And it just sits wrong with me. And it still does. It did two, three years ago when Kaepernick did it. And it still sits wrong with me every time I see it. And once again, I think 90% of the athletes doing it are good people. They don't have any ill will behind it. I think they're just ignorant, to be honest. Um, But it bothers me because this country allows them to play and make millions of dollars. You know, go to North Korea or go to China, for example. And don't get me started on the whole hypocrisy with the NBA and China and human rights here all of a sudden. Um, But, yeah, it just doesn't sit right with me. It just hasn't from the start. No, and I, I get that. I get it. And listen, you know, that's that's the whole thing about freedom and and freedom of thought, right? That they're free to do it, and you're free not to like it, right? Right? Like that's the that's that's the thing. Um, as you stated too. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, so we'll we'll move on uh, from this. But I I knew that uh, I knew that you'd be opinionated uh, on this, Steve Merrill, kicking it with us. All right, uh, Steve. So. You and I were talking earlier in the week about the the zigzag and the bounce back and stuff in the playoffs, and you know we're sort of seeing it even without um, even without the home court. And one thing, Steve, specifically as well, team the first quarter. All right, every team that lost game one won the first quarter of game two. Seven and one, seven out of eight. Oklahoma City were the only team today. Like, so yesterday and today, out of all the games yesterday and today, the first quarters were won by the team that lost game one, uh, Steve, with the exception of the Oklahoma City Thunder. I thought that was pretty interesting and sort of, it's sort of that mini zigzag bounce back, right? But Philadelphia didn't win the game, but they won the first quarter. Brooklyn didn't win the game, but they won the first quarter, et cetera. So didn't mean they went on to win the game uh, after just meant they won that first quarter, but I found that to be pretty intriguing, Steve, and I've been cashing it as well. 
Seven and one it went. Yeah, and of course, you know, the one thing I mentioned um, after the debacle on Tuesday night when I did the show between the Lakers and Bucks both losing outright is that, you know, they both got hammered in the first quarter. Uh, L.A. was minus 11, and then they were plus four the final three quarters, and they lost by seven. Uh, Milwaukee was minus 12 for the game. They were minus 10 in the first quarter. They only got outscored by two the rest of the way, um, and they obviously both bounced back strong, and they both covered and won by double digits tonight. So it looks like they were just rusty. They came out slow, turned things on. Um, I thought the one that was really interesting tonight as well was how the uh, Thunder collapsed, especially since I had them plus two. Uh, they were winning outright in the fourth quarter, and they go on an 0-15 run. But that's what the Rockets do. They're an explosive team. You know, they live and die by the three, and that's not a total fluke. Um, but it does look like, you know, the Rockets have taken charge. The Heat took charge up 2-0. And then it looks like the Bucks and Lakers, although 1-1, it looks like they took charge of those series as well today. Yeah, you know, we'll see. Well, now Damian Lillard, now Damian Lillard, um, yeah. Damian Lillard's injury, it's a dislocated finger. It's not, they said it was negative um, after. I think he'll, he's going to be able to play. We'll see how it affects him. But that's the thing, Steve. There's such a reaction right now in this bubble because it has like an NCAA tournament feel to it, right? It has this feel to it, yet it's not. You know what I mean? It's not a single elimination game. So, like, after the Lakers lost one game, it was like, oh, the Lakers are done. And now now that Portland's lost one game, it's like, oh, the, the Blazers are done. But they're not even five-game series. They're seven-game series. So, you know, we're still – we're just getting started uh, right now. But one thing – and I brought this up briefly earlier. What do you make of this, Steve? There's been a massive drop, man, in, in the scoring. You know, we saw in in the bubble when they got there, it was like in the mid-240s, the 250s. These games were total track meets. And they're setting the numbers in the 229s and the high the mid-220s and stuff, and they're not even coming close to these games. Like, they're, they're, the totals are off by like 30 and 40 points, right? Like, they're, they're not even coming close. Like, does this continue? And I think this team does continue. I don't think we're going to get track meet games. And how long will it be, you know, before, like, basically, like, what's the, the, the total? They keep on putting up 229 and a half, 230, and people bet it up to 233 and 231 or whatever, these Portland and, and, and L.A. games. They're coming nowhere near close to total, Steve. They're off by 30, 40 points every night. Yeah, I mean, all four games went under here on uh, Thursday and not even close for the most part. Um, the Lakers have been a good defensive team when they want to be. They obviously came with focus tonight. Um, but the Trailblazers have been a pure over in the bubble so far. And those games, as you said, they both have soared under the total, by about 80 points combined now. Um, NBA playoff games historically over the last several decades are about three points lower scoring on average than a regular season game. So they are more defensive oriented. But now you put in the fact that these bubble games are so meaningless for the majority of those games. You had that playground mentality. Yeah, we're going to definitely see a lot lower scoring here in the playoffs, and it makes sense, and that's what we're seeing so far. Yeah, there's, and you know, look, you look at some of these numbers: Raptors and the Nets, two twenty and a half, feels high. You know, just saying it out loud, feels high. Denver and Utah, that's a different one. That's a different one. Quinn Snyder and the Utah Jazz want to push the pace, right? Like they're, you know, it's not Utah are an interesting team actually in the style that they play. It's not the same. Look, Philadelphia and Boston, the total's 216. Philadelphia are inept. Like, they've got Joel Embiid and and basically nothing else. They're kind of inept. And, you know, the Clippers and the Mavericks, 
We're talking about the number one and the number two um, most offensive, uh, efficient uh, teams in the NBA. Hard to want to bet an under there. So there, you know, nothing, nothing is absolute, guys, across the board. Uh, but I'm looking at these games, and I think the Raptors looks like an under. I think Boston and Philly look like an under. The Clippers Mavericks, I think, is a track meet. And I think that that there will be points. All right, we'll get a couple of we'll get uh, Steve's NASCAR thoughts on the other side. Try to hit the pipelines here as well. Portrait's late night, the Thursday night to throw down. Continues, bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I'm Morenci. All right, we'll blast through the basketball. We'll get Merrill's uh, quick takes, and uh, we'll get into the hockey after. We'll try to squeeze in a couple of phone calls uh, as well. 844-843-6879. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. So uh, looking at the numbers uh, right now, Toronto Raptors minus 11 against the Brooklyn Nets. The total is 220.5 right now. Numbers courtesy of FanDuel. And I'll tell you, we were just talking about the unders, uh, Steve. Raptors play defense. And another thing is, too, an early start again, man. You know, another early start, um, one forty Eastern time for for the Toronto Raptors. Kind of, you know, you know, you're getting the defending champions having to play this early in the day all the time. But I understand why the games are boring. They're against Brooklyn. Everybody's hurt on Brooklyn. It's not riveting television. And if it's not riveting television, it probably means it's going under the number as well. <laughs> so I'm looking at the under uh, there. What's your take on this Denver Utah uh, series? And word is right now, guys, we were pretty hard on Mike Conley the other night. You know, Mr. Dad concerned about his family instead of the team. <laughs> but Utah got through this. Uh, there was a thought that he was going to miss four games, uh, maybe three, even potentially four games of the series. But he's back and uh, he's good to go. What do you make, uh, Steve, um, of of the, uh, the Utah-Denver uh, game? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, first, uh, the Toronto, by the way, the Toronto first half line is minus five. The full game is minus ten and a half. I would not, I like Toronto in the first half there. Hard to imagine the Nets aren't going to be hung over after blowing a chance to win the game in game two. Raptors pulled it out after being down. Um, the Nets know it's over. I think Toronto comes out strong. So I'd look at the minus five first yep. half. There are actually some four and a halves out there still for first half. And no I don't Joe understand Harris, why that's Steve. lower than the game line. Let me throw right, that exactly. in there, too. And and Joe the Harris left yeah. the bubble, too. Another th- reason to like the under. Joe Harris, one of the better three-point shooters in the league, too. Yeah, and it doesn't look weird. You look at the rotation. They look like the road team because they're on top now, and they're minus 10 and a half. You're like, oh, man, I'm taking a 10 and a half point home dog in game three. But, of course, that's not the, you know, the situation. Um, the Utah game is very interesting. Uh, Denver has been outplayed in both games. And as you said, now they're getting stronger, yet you wonder if Mitchell taking over isn't going to happen anymore now that you know they have other players back. So um, this is do or die for the Denver Nuggets. Even though it's 1-1 in that series, you really found like, feel like they're down 0-2 because they've been outplayed in both games. Yeah, you know, I think, I think Quinn Snyder – listen, we're talking about Mike Conley here. 
he's a good enough player that they'll know how to just, he'll know how to not come in and get in everybody's way. And he's only been gone for two days because that's the whole thing now, Sonny. It's amazing how, like, perceptions change, man, so fast. Like, I remember, dude, a couple of days ago, oh, Utah is screwed. There's totally screwed out Mike Conley. Totally screwed. Now, even today, Jeff Van Gundy, he was like, wow. He goes, I wouldn't start him. <laughs> that's what he said. He goes, this is Jeff Van Gundy. He goes, I'm bringing Mike Conley off the bench. He goes, the way things are going right now, he goes, I'm not tinkering with what Utah has. He goes, he likes the way Mitchell's handling the ball, and you bring Mike Conley in off the bench. That's not going to happen. Mike Conley's going to come in here, but I don't think Mike Conley's going to hurt. He's only been gone two days. It's not two games. Like People are overreacting to this. We're in an overreactionary uh, manner, but... Yeah, Denver seem out of sorts, dude. And people talk about Denver. You know, Denver don't t- they don't talk about their injuries enough with um, uh, their injuries enough with with Will Barton and Gary Harris. Philadelphia seems to be done, Steve. Don't they? Like they Brett Brett Brown. Yep. I mean, this guy this guy shouldn't even stay. He should just like leave the bubble now because I don't know if they're going to pay for his plane ticket back. <laughs> Yeah, as I say, the bad news is Sixers have two games left. The good news is they only have two games left with Brett Brown as the head coach, most likely. So I guess that's the one positive you can take away. You know, and, and I'll tell you, the two teams, Gabe, that really get screwed by this neutral court setup are the Sixers tomorrow night and then the Pacers on a Saturday afternoon because they're both down 0-2. They would normally be, you know, having a chance. Although, actually, the Pacers, I think, were the higher seats. to scratch that. The Pacers actually would have been at home already. So I guess that's not the case. But the Sixers you know, would be returning home down 0-2 normally. And they're the one team, you know, and i got to use your favorite word, dichotomy again. We talked about this the other night, but they're the one team coming into the bubble that struck to me as a really extreme home road difference. They were 29-2 at home this year, 10-24 and on the road. It made a lot of sense to me because they're kind of a young team. They don't shoot well at times. That's when, when you struggle on the road, turnovers. So they really would have benefited from a game three back at home down 0-2. You know, maybe I would have taken a look at them in that situation. But, of course, that's not the situation. It's another neutral court. Celtics have been the dominant team, especially in game two, and they're only a five-point favorite. It's hard to back Philly right now. Uh, it really is, guys. And, um, you know, listen, I I took Philly in game one, and they hung around, but they fell apart late. Um, then I took Philly in game two, but only Philly in the first quarter because uh, I thought they would fall apart. As you stated, too, I don't think these guys are, like, playing to save Brett Brown's job either. Joel Embiid's getting frustrated. Right. They don't get him the ball in the paint enough. Ben Simmons isn't there. They, they have constant chemistry issues. So it's not like they're fighting for each other. I think they, you know, the countdown's on. We sort of counted on this, guys. We brought this up before, if you remember. We said teams coming into this bubble here, when they're down, they're going to want to get the hell out of there. They've been in the bubble for a while. Right, like even teams, like we're moving in on like two months now for for these guys. When you when you consider the 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 initial test and going through the process and everything, so they're they're going to be ready to tap out. So um, Clippers Clippers are laying four and a half. What do you think, Dallas for real here, uh, Steve? Uh, very interesting. Beverly didn't play the other night. It was a big difference defensively, but Dallas seemed to get theirs no matter what. Yeah, you know, whenever I go into a series, I have play-on teams for me in each series. The Clippers were my play-on team in this series. I got a little bit of a fortunate cover in Game 1. I came back with them in Game 2, and they got thoroughly outplayed the other night. Um, so, you know, I would expect them to bounce back here, and the line is cheaper. It was, you know, 5.5 and 6.5 and in the first two games. Yep. Now it's like, what, 4.5? So 
I can make an argument there's some value there, but they were thoroughly outplayed the other night, and they really were fortunate to win game one. So you can actually say Pazingas doesn't get ejected in game one. They probably lose both games. So I understand why the line has dropped. Uh, Steve Merrill kicking it uh, with us. All right, uh, Steve. So we got a couple of callers uh, we're going to get to uh, here. We'll get you out of here. But before we do, what's your take on this doubleheader? And one, one thing that's interesting, Steve, about the double doubleheader at Dover here, NASCAR, is it's not due to the pandemic. It was actually planned already. I don't know about the date, but they were already planning on this. And this is something that they're actually liking and they want, they want to move forward and start doing this more often. So what's the theory here, Steve? Do you like attacking the first race or second race better? Do you like waiting for the second race after seeing what happens in the first race? Yeah, I mean, you know I miss my my practice times. I love handicapping with the practice session. So the one nice thing about these double dips is that you can look at Saturday's race. The downside, though, is that the odds makers see it as well. And, you know, Harvick and Hamlin have dominated a lot of these back-to-back so far in Michigan and Pocono this year. And the odds reflect that in the second race. And then there's always sometimes a letdown. Although Harvick did sweep at Michigan a few weeks ago. Uh, Harvick's really good at Dover, and he's coming off a bad running at the road course in Daytona last week. So he's a guy you got to look at. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. has been the best driver here in recent years. By the way, Gabe, Kyle Busch is not great on this track, and he's been bad at all the tracks he's great at. So I would definitely leave Kyle Busch off. Not even debatable this week. Um, But Truex Jr., Harvick, Hamlin's good here again. You know, the usual suspects that we normally talk about. And definitely watch Saturday's race because you'll get some good tidbits for Sunday's race as well. Uh, Kyle Busch right now up to uh, 23 races without a win. 23. Wow. No, we, we, you know, we talked about it. I remember we started, you and I started talking about this around race six or seven. I remember I brought up Jimmy Johnson and I said, nobody thought Jimmy Johnson to be over a hundred races. <laughs> Here's Bush. Here's Bush now at, um, at 23, uh, races without a win. Steve hey, Gabe, Merrill. Speaking of Johnson, speaking of Johnson, he's at 20 to one. I think he might win one of the two races this week. He's good at this track. You're right. Uh, if it's going to happen, is this it? I like where you're going with this. A little sprinkle. Yeah. A little sprinkle twice, Saturday and Sunday on JJ. I'm with you. You know what, Steve, before we get you out of here, is, uh, I was in the Bay Area last week, and uh, I drove right past the track in Sonoma. Right, And I've always wanted to go to that track just because it's so unique, and it's so cool. It really is in the mountains of Napa Valley and stuff. And... Um, it's not like that far either. It's it's like right on the side of the road. It's pretty accessible. Looks beautiful. And, uh, you know, I'm going to make that a bucket list. I got to get out there. I'm going to go to a NASCAR race in Sonoma one of these years, Steve. Let, let me know, my man. I've never done a road course. I'd like to join you. Watkins Glen is kind of rough. I had a friend that used to drive up there from Northern Virginia every year with his dad back in the 90s. There's like one road in, one road out. It took like five hours to get in and out. So Sonoma would be the one I'd like to do if we do a road course. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure it'll take a little while to get in and out here as well. But, um, oh, it's nice. It's in the yeah, mountains. But you can hang out and, and drink too. wine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You just you wait it out after. It's in the mountains and stuff. It's not like Watkins Glen. There's nothing pretty about Watkins Glen. <laughs> Thanks, Steve, for your time, buddy. Thanks for stepping up and in for Teddy. All the best, my man. Thanks, Gabe. There's uh, Steve Merrill uh, kicking it uh, with us uh, right now. All right, I'm. I, you know what? I'm a jerk for time here right now. I got two different clocks. One of them seems to be frozen or something like that, but let's get uh, J-Rod in here. We'll get to uh, Big Card Julio as well. J-Rod, Louisiana. Do we have J-Rod? Is he ready to rock and roll? I think he's got a baseball parlay for us. 
Hey, what's going on, Gabe? We're doing all right, uh, J-Raw. What's going on tonight? How you doing? I saw you uh, You cast some winners tonight. Good stuff, my man. Yeah, Dallas Stars. I got to go to the store. We got two hurricanes aimed at Louisiana. It's going to be awful next week. But I'm going to go to Beaverland, as uh, you nailed the prop today. I'm playing Cleveland every which way. Money line, it's minus 180. I don't care. Run line, team total under on Detroit. They're on like an 18-game win streak against the Tigers. Like, they're just – that's Cleveland's little brother, and they're going to beat up on their little brother this whole season. And the other one I love is home San Francisco overs because that pitching staff, especially the bullpen, is terrible. And, oh, by the way, Robbie Ray and his – his meatballs he throws comes into town tomorrow. So I'm going to play over in San Francisco and then kind of every which way on the Indians. All right. Good stuff. Um, and you know what? It's too bad the Jays, the Jays aren't in Buffalo again. Cause that, that's an over, that's been an over train. It's uh, been cashing uh, a lot. As oh, yeah, well. it is. I tell you, I tell you about Cleveland. We always talk about betting on Cleveland. It's kind of stressful and stuff, but man, they just it doesn't matter who they put on the hill their pitching is just so damn good and they just they it's one incredible. thing about cleveland yeah. they take care of business they're beating teams that they beat teams are supposed to be i don't know i saw a number dude the other night if cleveland score three or more runs i think they're 13 and 0 now this year <laughs> like it's not like oh yeah when we yeah, score five runs we're 13 and 0 tonight. only three yeah, it's only three. Right, yeah. Like, that's the magic number. Yeah, when they score three <laughs> or more runs, they're 13 and all. Like, Cleveland, it's like most teams, yeah, we're 13 and all, and they score six or more runs. It's like, yeah, well, you should be, right? These guys, yeah, no, three, give them three runs. They, if they score three runs, they win a game. Uh, all right, J Rod, it's late. We got to keep things rolling. We're pressed for time. Uh, may the winners be yours. We'll see you all tomorrow. All right, Gabe, take care. All right, uh, big card, Julio, Chicago steps up and in. Give me some winners, Julio. Europa League final tomorrow, Sevilla against Inter Milan. It's going to be a great Ooh. matchup. Sevilla on a 20-game unbeaten run since the restart. 11, and, uh, 11, 11 wins, 9 draws. Inter have covered the minus one in eight out of their last nine. Both teams to score minus 125, over one and a half goals. Second half, plus 123. Uh, draw, plus 240. If the game is tied 1-1, it's plus 540, 0-0, plus 850. And uh, I'm telling uh, the Jazz over 218 and a half. Big card, Julio. We don't want to run you, but the music is playing. Great stuff, Julio. May the winners be yours. Check in tomorrow. Big card, Julio. We're going to have some picks on the other side. We'll take a look at the overnight card. Sports race late night. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Bagels and bad beats on somebody's radio affiliates with Scott Wetzel. Uh, Thanks to our guest uh, here this evening, Steve Merrill, uh, for joining us. ProSportsInfo.com, WagerTalk TV, and uh, and Pete Yiannopoulos, former assistant coach 
with the UMass Minute Man. 120 minutes uh, just flew by once again uh, here this evening. So the playoffs, uh, the playoffs continue and starting to slow down in the National Hockey League a little bit. We had wall-to-wall hockey for the last like two weeks or whatever it's been. No, actually, about three weeks. Uh, I think it started August first, and um, yeah, we don't have that now. And uh, we're down to uh, down to two games once again uh, tomorrow night. The Philadelphia Flyers and the Montreal Canadiens. Flyers are minus one forty. Brendan Gallagher. The Montreal Canadiens, I'm not going to say he's their best player. Their best player is their goalie, Carey Price. And Gallagher's not a star player, but Gallagher is, you know, listen, the Canadians aren't very good, all right? So the Canadians are good. Like, they they try hard, and, you know, they're well-coached and stuff. And they have a good goalie. So they're okay, but I'm just saying, like, the Canadians don't have, like, a ton of star. They don't have any star players. And, you know, Gallagher is one of their guys that they, you know, he's one of their their batteries, their engines, so to speak. Real instigator and stuff. Guy's got a broken jaw. All right. But it's starting to get heated right now between Philadelphia and Montreal. There hasn't been a lot of passion in this series. But, you know, once once a jaw is broken, the passion's going to come out. Montreal Canadiens goalie Carey Price going to have to steal one uh, for them. I think they can actually, and my my inner gut, my inner voice, and my inner voice is good. I've got my, you know, my inner voice is usually pretty good. The inner voice tells me that a bunch of all Canadians going to get this done. Vancouver's going to beat St. Louis as well. I like uh, Vancouver. I like Montreal and Vancouver uh, tomorrow. As far as the NBA is concerned, I think this Raptor net game. I got burnt guys in game one, betting the uh, the first quarter under. I think it'll be a slow start to this game. Another early start. Raptors are up two games to none. No Joe Harris. I think the Raptors are going to be a little bored once again. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.